Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a story of some great malicious compliance against a healthcare executive. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I don't want the car. I'm not a malicious person, though I do feel some joy reading this sub. First off, my dad was a great man. He was just dumb sometimes. Some background, I'm one of the youngest from a very large family. My mom passed away when I was 10. My dad, bless his heart, was from the generation where the man worked and the woman took care of everything at home. When my mom passed away, the responsibility of everything at home Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Home fell to the kids. By the time I was 11, I was regularly cooking dinner for 8 to 10 people. I had a long list of chores. Truly, it was fine. I'm sure I pitied myself some because my friends didn't have these responsibilities, but I really had a great childhood, minus the dead mom thing. When I was 16, my dad got me a car. I paid for gas with babysitting money. My dad paid for insurance and maintenance. I had to get my little sister and myself to and from school. I had to do the grocery shopping. I had to get the two of us to practices and meets. I had to run chores. I was responsible for driving her wherever she needed to go. My day consisted of getting to school, getting home, grocery store, making dinner if it was my turn, homework, practice, bed. Meets were on the weekends. I never went out. I was never in trouble. I was an honor student. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I was a good kid. All was well, relatively. And then, my dad got a new girlfriend. Her kids were in high school with me. She told him that if I gotta have a car, I should be fully responsible for it. After all, her kids were. So my dad sat me down and said, I've decided that if you want a car, you have to pay for it. I expect you to take over payments, maintenance, and insurance. I told him I couldn't afford that. He told me I'd have to get a job. I said I had no time for a job. He told me I'd have to figure it out. So, cue malicious compliance, I guess. I went and got my keys and handed them to him. 
I told him I didn't want the car anymore. He was a little shocked, but I guess he thought I'd come crawling back for it soon. The next morning, my sister and I missed the bus. I had to wake him up so he could drive us to school. He was pissed. We got a ride home from school. At 5.30 when dinner was supposed to be on the table, I was reading on the couch. He came home and said, where's dinner? I said, oh, I didn't have a car to get to the store. I'm sure there's some leftovers you can heat up. He told me I'd have to start walking to the store. I told him I didn't have time. Finals were coming up. Didn't he care about my grades? An hour later, I told him it was time for practice. My sister and I needed a ride to and from practice. He told me to call a friend. Sorry, I can't. No one on the team lives in this town. It would be really out of the way for anyone else. He drove us. Then he picked us up, silently fuming the whole way. The next morning, oops, we missed the bus again. I had to wake him up again. Plus, he had no orange juice in the morning on account of no one going to the store. Once again, no dinner on the table. He had to drive me to the store when he got home. Once again, we needed a ride at practice. I informed him that the meet that weekend was an hour away and we had to be there at 9. That was enough for him. It was probably the most parenting he had done in 30 years of being a father. He called me to the top of the stairs. He tossed my car keys up to me. I've decided you can have your car back. I'll pay for half of the payment and half of the insurance. You can only use it for school, practice, meets, chores, and driving your sister. I laughed, tossed the keys back, and said that's all I use it for anyway. I don't want the car. Sell it. Five minutes later, he's screaming my name from the bottom of the stairs. He overhand whips the keys up the stairs. Y'all, my dad never got mad. His new deal was he would pay for everything but gas. But I wasn't allowed any personal use of the car. I said, so I have to pay to do chores and I get no benefit from it? No thank you. And I toss the keys back down the stairs. Half an hour later, he demands my presence in the living room. He calmly said he would pay for everything but gas. I'd have use of the car when I wanted, but I had to do all the stuff I'd previously been doing without complaint until his girlfriend got into his head. He didn't phrase it like that, of course. Then he said, I hope you learned a lesson here. I did. I certainly did. Despite the flaws, I just really like how much love you can see from OP towards their father. Despite everything that happened, OP can't help but just reiterate how much they loved their old man. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, take my laptop home? Sure. Working in a small company in the Netherlands as a warehouse manager for over three and a half years, I'm leading a team of five people doing the physical work and I basically take care of all administrative work regarding import and export. During COVID, some people were forced to leave and their jobs were divided over other staff. Some left without leaving important information regarding their work, which left us with a lot of extra work. Because of that, our boss made it so that everyone needed to assign someone as their deputy. This way, there would always be someone to do the work needed. I had a guy from our warehouse, I'll name him Steve, who I taught how to arrange transport, receive stock, etc. Steve would do that when I was free. In the beginning, I'd not yet taught Steve everything and he wouldn't respond to incoming emails on my computer. During this time, all our old computers were replaced by new laptops, so everybody could work from home if necessary. One day I'd taken a day off, and an email came in from sales who were working at home. 
with an urgent order to be taken care of. A piece of equipment needed in a machine of a customer had to be sent the same day to be delivered the next. Machine stopped working, costing the customer a lot of money. Transport had to go through customs, and that was something Steve had not learned yet and didn't respond. The next day, my boss was angry at me that I didn't respond. When I told him that it was my day off and Steve didn't understand everything yet, he replied that I had to take the laptop home when I took a day off in case of emergencies. That's what the laptops are for. I told him that Steve couldn't do his job without it. He said that it's my job and not Steve's. Okay then, forward a few weeks and I take another day off. As told, I took the laptop home. I told Steve that I would do that and to tell everybody who wanted something that he wasn't able to help and to send a mail to me. On this laptop are logins for websites to arrange transport, templates, SOPs, etc. I planned to go to the beach with friends and left the laptop in the car. My phone was exploding with calls in the morning because Steve didn't have a computer. Other people didn't know where to find information needed to arrange transportation and more. I never responded to the calls because a day off is a day off. When I got back the next day, my boss was furious. When I told him that I did exactly what he told me to do, he immediately told me to leave the laptop at work the next time and to share important information with others in case something happens with it. I think OP's really highlighting an issue with their business as a whole. Why does one person in one laptop have the capability to take down your whole pipeline? This next story is, do not remove the penalties. I'm currently a quality control analyst at a logistics company. Apart from being a business analyst, I hold two roles. More on this later. We penalize our couriers, dispatching office clerks and staffs, our franchisees who assist with last mile deliveries, who does not follow the company's delivery processes. Internally, we do have a lot of processes to ensure handover of the goods are either on time and or is recorded so nothing goes missing, or at least we know who last worked on the said parcel. I'm tasked to oversee the franchisees. Notably, our penalty system is not perfect yet, as it was just rolled out within the last 60 days. Lots of optimization is required still. The penalty system for the franchisees is separated from the internal workers, so our rules and guidelines are different. While I'm a business analyst for the franchisee program, I'm not the person who worked on the penalty system. The person who worked on it had a lot of things missed out when they worked in the logic. I don't blame them as they were pressured to roll it out ASAP. Moving on, what was missed out was that we internally operate 365 days a year, while our franchisees have the option to have one day off per week. The current penalties arrangement is that given the outlet did not perform a delivery attempt on D1, D2, D3, so on so forth, but except D0, they would be penalized. $1 per parcel per day. So now you get the gist. Even on their day off, they would be penalized as the system has no way to pair the logic where if day off equals do not penalize. No biggie. We already had something planned out, which is by deleting these penalties. My colleague and I, only two of us hold both biz and QC analyst roles concurrently, have been removing these penalties. One fine day mid-December, a data analyst from higher up who pulled the data saw that we've been removing the penalties. 
He walked over and screwed us, saying that we've already gotten the penalty system up and running, the systems generated the penalties, why are we removing it? And as per his words, you place a penalty, then you take it away. What for you have penalties then? We reasoned with the above mentioned conditions. He didn't accept any of it. Pissed, he walked off and demanded another department revoke our access to the penalty system. We still do, but we acted as if we don't and we're not deleting any penalties. And as per his words, why should we remove any? We allow the penalties to run without deleting any part of it. And sure enough, by the end of the month, the penalties were finalized automatically, charged to the franchisee's accounts. Heck ensued. Every franchisee came demanding, and we just sat aside munching on popcorn. For every inquiry from the franchisee asking about it, we would forward the inquiry to our other colleague who deals with contractual matters. To date, many of these complaints are still unresolved, and they're now quitting the partnership. All I can say is, cover your butts. If in any way they didn't get any written approval to do any of these changes or tweaks, who knows, those two employees might be held liable at the end of the day. Our next story is, yes, you can set the air conditioning to your desired coolness. So, some years ago, my father was a building inspector in the government. He had a set area of buildings he had to maintain, meaning he would go to the buildings owned by the government and do regular inspections on the cooling, heating, generators, etc. He would also be in charge of maintenance schedules, getting contractors for repairs and new installations and so on. So the one particular site is an office building, with a large open plan layout sharing large air conditioning units to cool the area. Obviously, if a large group of people share an office space, the temps are set to a general temp to accommodate the majority of the people, with the understanding, if it's too cold, bring a sweater. Then he started getting complaints that the ACs are set too cold. He would go, check the temp, check the unit, and all seems to be working correctly, set to 20 degrees Celsius. After numerous complaints, my father went to the people in the office and asked who had what problem. Suddenly, most of the people complained that the temp was not ideal for them. One wants it colder, the other wants it hotter. My dad asked them, how do they expect him to control the temp around their individual desks if they share a large AC unit? They pretty much shrugged and kept complaining. Having had enough of stupid people, my father got a contractor to install individual temp switches on every desk with a cable running into the floor and explained that all of them could now change the temp to their desired setting. But the power cable for each of these switches just stopped when they entered the floor below. They weren't connected to anything. Little dummy switches. He left a note in the building file for the next inspector what the little wires were coming out of the roof below the office. He said he regularly followed up with the people in that office if they were happy, and he said he never got complaints after that. They were very happy with the service, and that they could control their own temp. I think they actually did this all the time in my schools growing up. Each classroom had their own thermostat, but supposedly it would only change it by like 1 or 2 degrees. But even that was probably just fake placebo. Our next story is, healthcare executive hates her own policy. This happened years ago. I'm an OBGYN in a busy suburb of San Francisco. One of my patients was the vice president of a large health insurance corporation. 
She was a dynamic executive who climbed the corporate ladder quickly. One of her special talents was reducing health care benefits for patients. She initiated a policy where women who underwent caesarean section would be discharged in two days rather than the standard four-day hospital stay. Shortly after having in vitro fertilization, she found herself pregnant with twins. During one of her office visits, I mentioned the new two-day policy. I told her that for some patients, it was really rough to be discharged after major surgery in two days and be expected to care for a newborn infant. She just smiled and said she didn't get to where she was in corporate America by giving away money and patients just needed to suck it up. Health insurance wasn't meant to be a convenience. She was 42 years old and went to full term with her twins. Despite her age, she elected to attempt a natural delivery because of the quick recovery. Her labor was long and extremely difficult and ended with a cesarean section. On day two, I went to her room to complete her discharge from the hospital. She said, I'm not leaving. This is inhuman. You can't expect me to go home and take care of twins like this. I can barely walk. All you need to do is write a note in the chart that says I'm having a complication. My stay will be authorized. I told her that would be fraud, and I wouldn't be willing to falsify a medical record. Anyway, about a year later, the state of California forced them to reverse the policy. Until it happens to them or someone they love dearly, they don't care. Every single person and new one that walks out of that building, they just see as dollar signs. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.